welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 63 of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I am, as usual, your host, Brian Brennan, in the place to be. Happy Friday, folks. Hope you're having a good one out there. Uh, I just woke up a few minutes ago, and it's um, it's raining right now, so it sounds like it's been raining pretty much all night. Uh, it just kind of keeps with the theme of this whole week, really. It's been a, a wet week here where I live in the D.C. area. Uh, a lot of thunderstorms, a lot of rainstorms. Uh, I kind of like it. I, I actually kind of enjoy rain, to be honest. I, I think it's kind of pleasant, so um, I, I kind of enjoy it, but it does make going out treacherous a little bit. But still, you know, it's, it's pleasant. It's soothing, I think. Uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope you had as, as good of a week as I'm having. Uh, thank you to everybody who wished me a happy birthday on Sunday. Uh, it's awesome. I still can't believe I'm actually 30. You know, people were like, people were saying like, you know, this is like the end. Like people are like making it out like it's a bad thing that I'm turning 30. But I'm actually really, like, I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just another year. Like I don't really like people are like I'm dreading my 30s and things like that. Like no, it's just another year. Like who cares? Like. We all got to turn another year older anyway, so who cares? So I, I, it's not that big of a deal to me that it's 30. It's just another year to me. So um, thank you to everybody for the birthday wishes. Uh, thank you to my sister Elizabeth for visiting. Uh, we had a great time when my sister visited. We did all kinds of DC stuff. Uh, we went to the zoo uh, last Saturday, which was really fun. We went to Ben's Chili Bowl, which is awesome. You got to if you go to DC. I think I've said this on past episodes before. If you go to DC, you got to go to Ben's Chili Bowl at least once. It's an icon, iconic place, just an iconic institution of a place in DC. Uh, and for my birthday dinner, we went to the Cheesecake Factory, and uh, unfortunately, that wasn't as great. Uh, the service was really, 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 really bad. You know, I, I don't, I don't really like to criticize um, service, especially now. You know, after COVID, where a lot of restaurants are really struggling, and a lot of places, a lot of restaurants are really struggling to hire new people, but the service was really bad at the Cheesecake Factory on Sunday, folks. Uh, for example, uh, I'll, I'll get to the funniest example, but uh, it took the, first off, the best, one of the best parts of the Cheesecake Factory is the bread, and they didn't give us any bread! Like, what? How can you go to the Cheesecake Factory and not have any bread? And, and then... So I ordered a burger, like this, you know, Cheesecake Factory, if you've ever been, they have amazing burgers, uh, it's one of the best things on the whole menu, and uh, I ordered a burger, and if you guys know me, you know that I hate tomatoes, and I hate ketchup, so I asked for the burger with no tomatoes, I, that's fine, they, they bring the burger, no tomatoes on it, there's a slather of disgusting, nasty ketchup all over the burger, I'm like, what is this? Like, I, I don't mean to be like, I was like, what? I didn't, there was, at no point on the menu did it say ketchup on the burger. So I'm like, what is this? And so, um, I ask, uh, I, I call over that we, our waitress, like I said, service not good. Our waitress disappeared for like minutes and minutes and minutes. So I finally see another server. I call her over. I'm like, hey, I didn't know there was ketchup on this burger. I really don't like ketchup. Is there any way you can maybe take the ketchup off? And she's like, wait for your server. There's your server needs to help you with that. And I, and I was like, okay, well, that's kind of rude, but okay. Like, I, I, our server's been just gone for, like, minutes now. And so eventually, finally, somebody else comes and replaces the burger. Like, what a nightmare that was. And then we ordered cheesecake afterwards, and my sister, for whatever, I, the waitress put my sister's fork under her cheesecake. Like, what? She was like, I hope that's okay. And my sister was like, 
no, can you get a new, get me a new fork, please? And I was like, what the hell, Cheesecake Factory? At least the cheesecake was good. I mean, that's one area of the Cheesecake Factory that'll never go wrong. But I just thought that was funny. And then I had, I had therapy on, on, thir- on Tuesday. My therapist was like, boy, you really hate the service at the Cheesecake Factory. And I was like, you had to be there, okay? You really had to be there. But other than that, it was a great birthday. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm really happy to be 30. And thank you again to everybody for the awesome birthday wishes. And the Yankees are giving me the best present of all with an undefeated week this week. 7-0 and this week. This is the first time in the history of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan that the Yankees have had an undefeated week. And I am fired up. I'm fired up. I'm ready to talk about all these games. Um, I'm ready to recap all seven of their victories since we last spoke, um, including the fact they're 6-0 and since I've turned 30. I, I can't complain about that at all. Uh, so that is what we are going to lead off today's episode with. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, other things going on in Major League Baseball as well, take a look at some of the other pennant races as well. I feel like I've been neglecting the rest of Major League Baseball uh, the last couple of weeks, so we're going to do a, a standings check, we're going to talk about the wild card races, uh, sorry Pat, we're going to be talking a little bit about how the Mets have kind of struggled a bit lately, but um, yeah, I, 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 we'll talk about that, and then we'll, of course we'll have the outro where we talk about some other stories in the sports world as well, it's going to be a great episode folks, I'm really looking forward to this one, uh, let's see if there's anything else uh, I need to talk about in this intro, um, yeah, I, 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 broken foot, Broken foot update, unfortunately. I also went to the doctor on Monday, and uh, he said it's another four weeks in the boot and another four week of crutches. Uh, I hate that. That sucks. That's been the only negative thing this week, The other than the surface at the Cheesecake Factory, has been that news. I assumed that uh, I would be given the all clear to return to normal walking and everything, but he said no, unfortunately, the fracture is not 100% healed yet, so I need to... I need to continue to walk in the boot and use crutches, and yeah, that shit sucks. <laughs> There's no other way around it. That sucks. I'm tired of the boot. I'm tired of crutches. Uh, I just wish this, this time would just end, end. I, I hate this. I hate this. I want to go back to work. I miss the Spy Museum. My sister went to the Spy Museum on Sunday. I'm like, you're teasing me. George Takai was at the Spy Museum yesterday. I love George Takai. Are you kidding me? I'm missing all this cool shit. I want to go back to the spy museum really badly, but uh, unfortunately, the you know the heel just the, the the fracture just needs time to heal. It sucks. It really sucks. Um, but I'm here now. I'm I'm at my house. I'm I'm about to record what hopefully will be a fire episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan as we recap some awesome Yankee games. So uh, I'm not going to delay this any longer, folks. I've been introducing the podcast long enough now. Once again, thank you for all the birthday wishes. It was a great day, a great time, and uh, let's just get into it. Let's recap these seven awesome wins for the Yankees. Here we go. folks this is brian's beloved where we talk about my favorite teams and how they did this week when we last left off the yankees they just had a pretty rough loss in the field of dreams game they came back in the ninth inning they scored four runs in the ninth inning on the judge home run and the stanton home run gave up the walk-off home run to tim anderson zach Britton gave it up that was frustrating like i said on the last episode a lot of people thought it was the worst loss of the season I'm not willing to go that far. I, it's not that bad. Like I, I honestly, 
with the pageantry of the Field of Dreams game and everything, I thought it was really a whole, really fun night, honestly. So I'm really not too too mad about the Field of Dreams game, and I'm really not mad about it because they've won the next seven games since then. This is the first undefeated week for the Yankees in the history of upon further review with Brian Brennan. Seven awesome wins. Several of them very, very stressful. Um, so we are going to recap, and all of them are it's against four different teams, too, by the way. We've got two games against the White Sox, a makeup game against the Angels, the three-game series against the Red Sox, which they swept, and the Twins, the first game of the Twins series. Let's recap all of it, starting with the next game in Chicago. They had the Friday the 13th off, and they played Saturday the 14th. This was a 7-5 victory for the Yankees. Um, another late extra innings win, which they blew. Uh, but they did still hold on in extra innings and win the game. Now, before this game, Zach Britton, like I said, he me- he blew the save in the Field of Dreams game. He went to Aaron Boone and said, do not put me in big game situations. I am not ready for this. Like, I, I cannot be the closer right now. He's like, put Chad Green in, put Jonathan Loisega in. Do not put me in a big game situation right now. More on that in a minute. Let's get to the scoring summary of this this pretty crazy game. Uh, I'm going to be saying that a lot. There's a lot of crazy games coming up. Uh, Yankees got off to a good start. Aaron Judge hit a sacrifice fly in the first inning that drove home DJ LeMahieu, made it one nothing. And Joey Gallo hit his second home run as a Yankee. Um, the first was that one against the Mariners. Uh, we'll be saying Joey Gallo's name a little bit later. That made it 2 nothing. A, lo- a little punt home run. It was like a arcing high, high fly ball down the line that just cleared the wall. And Gallo... Made it a 2-0 game. But the White Sox would answer right back. Eloy Jimenez grounded out. That enabled uh, Tim Anderson to score. Uh, that made it 2-1. And then in the bottom of the second inning, Luis Robert, who I think is a pretty good player, by the way. I've been pretty impressed with Luis Robert. He seems like a real good player for the White Sox. Hit a home run. That made it 2-2 off J-Mo, Jamison Tyone. But the Yankees would answer right back in the top of the third. Aaron Judge with an RBI double. We're not done saying Aaron Judge's name, folks. Not by a long shot in this one. Made it 3-2 Yankees at that point. The White Sox would answer right back with a sacrifice fly from Eloy Jimenez. Another good player on the White Sox. Uh, Made it 3-3 in the bottom of the third. No scoring until the top of the eighth inning. Now look, last week, a lot of people were criticizing Judge for not being clutch. They're saying, like, he's never been clutch. He's not a clutch player. Well, he was pretty damn clutch in this game, folks. Hit a home run to dead center field off the new acquisition for the White Sox, Craig Kimbrell. That made it 4-3. It looked good, right? Ninth inning, they bring in Chad Green. Chad gets the first two outs. He gets two strikes on Jose Abreu. And my man, Chad Green, what are you doing hanging a breaking ball to the reigning MVP? Ah! Jose Abreu hits said breaking ball into the seats. To tie the game, 4-4 with two outs, two strikes in the ninth inning. I'm like, shit, here we go again. More extra innings bullshit. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the bullpen blowing these games like this. Like, I've had enough of it. But Judge would come through again off Liam Hendricks, who you know talked all that crap at the Field of Dreams game, uh, hit an RBI single again. Judge with another clutch hit, the RBI single to give the Yankees the lead. And then Gallo. Comes through again for the Yankees with a two-run home run off Hendricks. That makes it 7-4 in the top of the 10th inning. So that should be enough, right? Boone brings in Zach Britton. 
Now, if you'll remember just a few minutes ago, I said, Britain said to Boone before this game, do not put me in big spots. And what does Aaron Boone do? He puts him in a big spot. Are you kidding me? Anyway, starts out innocent. I'll go through the whole summary of the inning. Yohan Makata flies out to right field for the first out off Britain. And then he walks Brian Goodwin. Luis Robert hits a single that allows the ghost runner, Eloy Jimenez, to score. That makes it 7-5. And, and then at that, point, at that point, Britain just loses all control. He walks Andrew Vaughn to load the bases. And Yankees up by two runs. Everything's precious right now. So he goes to Albert Abreu. Albert Abreu. Who was like one? If you had told me Albert Abreu would be saving big games for this team at this point in the season, I would not have believed you. But Albert Abreu comes in. He gets Sebi Zavala to line to DJ at first base, and then Tim Anderson grounds out Wade to the second baseman Odor, and the Yankees win this crazy ass game seven to five. Whoa! What a game! What a game! This game was wild. Um, Judge. Three for four with four RBIs in this game. Who says he's not clutch? Gallo with two hits, two home runs. Three RBIs for Joey Gallo. All seven runs in this game. Driven in by Judge or Gallo. I love it. I love it. Um, Tyone actually pitched pretty well again. Not his usual dominant self. But he pitched pretty well. Five innings, three runs allowed. Um, But Albert Abreu, baby. I just want to go back to that 10th inning. Albert Abreu came up big. I thought the Yankees were for sure going to lose this game. I thought they were for sure going to blow it again. No. No, no, no. Yankees win 7-5. to five. Awesome win. That gets us into the Sunday game. Um, a 5-3 win for the Yankees that, once again, was not easy. Uh, another stressful, came-down-to-the-wire type game. Um, st- did not look like it was going to be stressful to start off. Uh, Rugnet Odor hit a two-run home run in the top of the second inning off Lucas Giolito. Made it 2-0 Yankees. Uh, then Brett Gardner would drive home uh, LeMahieu in the top of the second inning with an RBI double. That made it 3-0 Yankees. So it looked like this would be a good day. Um, Nestor Cortez was on the mound. He gave him a home run to Andrew Vaughn. He pitched pretty well, by the way. They love Nestor, man. They really love Nestor. I love Nestor Cortez. Um, but he did give up a home run in the bottom of the sixth inning. That made it 3-1 at that point. Uh, but... The White Sox did threaten a little bit in the eighth inning, but the Yankees did a good job of shutting it down. Uh, Litke uh, got out of it, and then um, anyway, uh, Luke is, I'm sorry, Luke Luke Voigt, who you know is doing well. He did well in the the time that he um, filled in for Rizzo, and there's more on that in a minute. I'll talk about that when we get a little bit closer to the Red Sox series. But um, Luke Voigt hit a big home run in the ninth inning. This proved to be a lot bigger. Than it, than it needed to be, because that made it 5-1 instead of 3-1, uh, a bomb from Luke Voigt, um, and the White Sox would answer back in the ninth inning, uh, hang on, let me just go down to the, to the summary here, um, Linky came in, and Linky has been struggling a little bit lately, uh, he gave up a walk to Mankata, a single to Luis Robert, then he got an out, and then Zach Collins hit an RBI double that made it 5-2, they go to Wandy Peralta, uh, Tim Anderson hit a sharp ground, a little ground ball, uh, and they flipped to Wandy, and he was safe. That allowed the runner to score Luis Robert. So that was looking bad at that point. Um, runners on the corners, only one out, and then finally Yankees get a big out. Wandy once again gets a big out with a double play. 
to end the game. Uh, the White Sox challenged it, but he was clearly out. That was it. Ball game over. Yankees win the Sunday game 5-3. to three. They win the series from the White Sox. At that point, they had won 10 of their last 11 series. Awesome stuff. The White Sox are a damn good team. That series was stressful as hell. But I'm really happy the Yankees won um, these two games. I will trade losing the Field of Dreams game for winning these two games. Like I, I know the Field of Dreams game was supposed to be magical and all that stuff. And it was. It was an awesome event. I, I can't say enough about the Field of Dreams game. I'm glad they're bringing it back next year. But still, I am glad they won two out of three. That is all I care about at this point. All that matters is that they win at least two out of three in these series. So they come home. They play the Angels in a makeup game on on Monday. Uh, you'll remember that series uh, where uh, they um, there was the rain there was the rain out. That was that series that had the terrible loss where Chapman blew the save uh, in uh, the ninth inning. He gave up the game tying grand slam and then just gave up a ton of runs from there. Cole was back. Woo! Cole was back. About time. Garrett Cole was back in this one. Uh, I I love. I'm so happy to see Garrett Cole back. Um, and he pitched great. He pitched great. This was a great pitched game by the Yankees. They won 2-1. All the scoring was done in the first inning. The Angels got a home run from Justin Upton with two outs in the top of the first inning, but the answer, Yankees answered right back in the bottom of the first. Gallo, baby. We're seeing the Italian flag pop up all around the stadium for Rizzo and Gallo these days. I love it. I love it. I'm not even Italian. I have no Italian blood in me at all, but bring, give me more of that. I love it. That type of stuff unifies the team. And Gallo hitting a ball into the second deck, that also unifies the team. Yankees take a 2-1 lead, and the pitching staff shut it down from there. Garrett Cole, five and two-thirds innings of work, nine strikeouts, only two hits allowed, one of them the home run to Upton. They go to Britain to get the last out of the sixth inning. Albert Abreu, again, was huge, tremendous. An inning and two-thirds of work, two strikeouts, no hits, no walks. Abreu... Bravo, my man. And then Joely Rodriguez came in. They brought in Joely Rodriguez to face Shohei Otani, who, by the way, is one of the best hitters in the league. He's got 40 home runs. And Joely Rodriguez struck Otani out. Chad Green came on for the... I mean, that was awesome. When, when he struck out Otani, that was an awesome, awesome moment. Uh, and just in a week of awesome Yankee moments, that should not be forgotten. When Joely Rodriguez, the new acquisition that they just got in the Joey Gallo trade, struck out... The likely AL MVP, Shohei Otani. That should not be forgotten. Put a star on that one. Joely proved he can get big outs in this in this big spot. Chad Green in the ninth inning. He gave up a hit, but ended the game by getting the last three outs. He got Justin Upton to strike out, and then he got Phil Gonsolin to strike out as well. Ball game over. Yankees win the awkward makeup game. Two to one. Absolutely love it. Uh, just shows that this is a different team from when that Angel series rolled around uh, back in June. Uh, I love seeing Cole back out there. I'm, I'm assuming they did not really want to stretch him out a whole lot. Uh, I believe he only threw, let's see how many pitches Cole threw in this game. Uh, I don't want the Angels. Why did he give me the Angels numbers? I don't want the Angels numbers. I want Chad ah, Garrett Cole's numbers. He threw 90 pitches. Usually he throws about 100. So... They didn't want to stretch him out too much. Um, they go to Britain. He gets the last out. That's big for Britain, I think, um, to get that last out, honestly. Because, he, like I said, he'd been really struggling this season. Not look like the Zach Britton of old. To get that last out probably inspires a lot of confidence in him. So I like that a lot. The bullpen, again, 
Britton to Abreu to Joelle to Chad for the win. For the win. I love it. I love it. All right, folks. That's just it for the first three games this week. I'm going to take a sip of uh, some water, chill chill out for a minute. I'm going to come back, and we're going to get into the awesome sweep of the Red Sox. And we're going to talk about the first game of the Twin Series last night that they won 7-5. Stay tuned for that on a pod for the review with Brian Brennan. All right, folks. The Red Sox series was awesome. No other way around it. The Red Sox series was absolutely awesome. I loved every second of it. So let's recap it. Really, let's get into it. Starting with the first game. They started with a doubleheader on Tuesday uh, to make up for the, the COVID game, the game where all the Yankees tested positive for COVID. This was the makeup for that game. Um, and it was an awesome game. The first game was a 5-3 win for the Yankees. Um, just exciting stuff. Uh, it's got scoring started in the bottom of the second inning uh, when the Yankees uh, loaded the bases. Andrew Velasquez came up and the Bronx kid. A lot of that this week too. I mentioned the Italian flags for Rizzo and Gallo. But a lot of people talking about the kid from the Bronx, from Fordham Prep, Andrew Velasquez, who's been contributing in a big, big ways for this team. We're not done saying his name by a long shot. He comes through with a two-run single to drive home two runs. Luke Voigt and Rugnet Odor. That makes it 2-0 in the bottom of the second. An awesome moment from Velasquez. He was fired up. He's contributing to the rivalry. I love it. I love seeing Velasquez do well. Um, unfortunately, uh, in the top of the third inning, Jordan Montgomery was one strike away from getting out of it, and he hung a breaking ball to Xander Bogarts, and Xander Bogarts, when you hang a breaking ball to him, he usually does damage with it, and he hit a two-run single. Um, luckily, uh, they were able to throw out, uh, uh, they were able to throw out Xander Bogarts and end the inning, but still, um, a two-run single for Bogarts ties the game at two. And then Montgomery gave up the home, a home run to Christian Vasquez in the top of the fifth inning. That makes it 3-2 Red Sox at that point. Now, there's not much time left in these seven-inning games. I mean, I hate seven-inning games, too. I'm glad the Yankees won this game, but I still am not a huge fan of seven-inning doubleheaders, man on second and extra innings rule. Um, so the Yankees answered right back. Uh, the Red Sox bullpen is garbage. The Red Sox bullpen is trash. I mean, there's no other way around it. It's garbage. Um, and Luke Voigt. Hit a little pop fly. They loaded the bases again. Luke Voigt hit a little pop fly over everyone's head. And that drove home two runs, giving the Yankees a 4-3 lead. Then they pinch hit Giancarlo Stanton. He had the day off. And Giancarlo on a 3-0 pitch, which I know makes my dad very happy, hit a line drive to center field, makes it 5-3 Yankees. That was all the scoring in the game, but that didn't mean the stress was done. Top of the seventh inning, which is basically the ninth inning, Loisiga comes in. Loisiga has been money all season, folks. I mean, he's been the Yankees' best reliever without a doubt. No question about it. Jonathan Loisiga has been the Yankees' best reliever all season. He comes in, he gives up a single to Kyle Schwarber, and then a single to Christian Vasquez, and then one to Alex Verdugo, which thankfully doesn't schwar- score Schwarber because Kyle Schwarber's slow as shit. And um, that loads the bases. So we're thinking, crap, Red Sox are going to tie this, at least. Maybe even take the lead. Loisiga comes through, baby. Gets a line out to left field. Of course, like I said, Kyle Schwarber is very slow. He's not able to score on the line drive to left field. And then he gets a full count on Kike Hernandez. Strikes him out. And then he ends the game by striking out Hunter Renfro. Three straight outs by Loisiga. With the bases loaded and nobody out to win this game. 5-3. to three. Mini Mo. Jonathan Loisiga. 
That was awesome. I, I, I just stood up on my couch and I screamed, let's go! When Loiza gets struck out, Renfro to end the game. I was fired up. It was an awesome, awesome, awesome moment. These games were huge. These games were enormous. These games against the Red Sox. They're fighting with the Red Sox for the wild card spot because the Red Sox have absolutely sucked in the last month. They've blown a nine and a half game lead in less than a month. Get used to me saying that, folks. The Red Sox blew a nine and a half game lead in less than a month. They're chokers. They're losers. Anyway, um, let's get, I mean, wow, Loisaga. I mean, what more can you say? What a great escape by Jonathan Loisaga in that ninth inning. Just awesome, awesome stuff. Albert Abreu gets the win. Uh, he got the last out of the fifth inning. And then Loisaga with two innings. I mean, he was so dumb. I forgot to mention he was really dominant in the sixth inning. Um, he only threw like eight pitches or something. But, um, and, oh, man, well, this game was awesome. This game was sweet. This game was awesome. Uh Really not a ton of hitting. Tyler Wade got two more hits. Tyler Wade's been great lately. Uh, Velasquez with the big hit in the second inning. Um, Voigt with the big hit in the fifth inning. Uh, really an awesome game. And that leads us into the second game of the doubleheader, which the Yankees also won 2-0. They got two solo home runs, and that was it. They got one from Luke Voigt in the bottom of the second inning. That made it one nothing off Nathan Nivaldi, former Yankee. And Giancarlo hit a long home run in the bottom of the fourth inning. That made it 2 nothing, And that was pretty much it. Uh, the pitching shut it down in this one. Luis Heal again. Luis Heal. I mean, how good has Luis Heal been since the Yankees called him up? Four and a half game. Four and a half innings pitched. Three hits allowed, no earned runs, four strikeouts, four walks. He was great. Wandy Peralto picked up the win. He pitched an inning and a third, giving up two hits. And Chad Green closed it out in the in the seventh. Excuse me, with a one-two-three inning. And with that win, the Yankees moved ahead of the Red Sox in the wild card spot, and in and also in first place in the wild card spot because the A's lost that night as well. So awesome stuff. Just great stuff that day from the Yankees. Um. The two great wins, um, the Loisaga great escape in the first game, and then just great pitching in the second one from Luis Heal. Luis Heal is the real deal, folks. I, he's thrown 15 and two-thirds shutout innings to start his career. It's hard to get any better than that. It's hard to have a better start to your career than that. I, not much offense in this game. I mean, they had eight hits, but they didn't drive in a ton of them. I want to talk about Voight for a minute, though. Um, Voight said after this game that he... Um, he deserves to be play, playing, even when Rizzo came, comes back. And Rizzo did come back the next day. He said Voight des- he said he deserves to be playing. He deserves to be out there. And I agree with Luke Voigt. People were saying, like, people on WFAN were saying, like, Luke Voigt is arrogant. He shouldn't be saying that. Bench Luke Voigt. Are you people idiots? Are you people dumb? I mean, seriously. Oh, you, you're mad at somebody for saying he deserves to play? Luke Voigt does, does deserve to play. He's been great the last couple of weeks. He deserves to be in the lineup. The optimal lineup, in my opinion, is Luke Voigt at DH, Rizzo at first base, Stanton in the outfield, Gallo in the outfield, Judge in the outfield. So I don't blame Luke Voigt for saying he wants to play. And he came up big in this game. He came up big in the game, the first game of this doubleheader. Luke Voigt is doing a great job lately. He's gotten a lot of big hits lately. He even played some good defense in this series as well. So give it up for Luke Voigt, folks. I mean, Luke Voigt's been great lately. Uh, oh, by the way, the Red Sox blew a nine-and-a-half game lead in less than a month, so I had to throw that in there. Um, anyway, let's get into the last game of the Red Sox series, which was a 5-2 win for the Yankees. Jared Carabas was like, Yankees can't beat the Red Sox in nine innings. Well, 
Yankees did beat the Red Sox in nine innings. Five to two, as a matter of fact. Let's get into the scoring summary in this game. Xander Bogart started the scoring summary. Heaney pitched this game, and Heaney gave up the home run to Bogarts, and you're like, ah, oh, crap, here we go again. By the way, Xander Bogarts, nice job mocking the Yankees celebration there, you asshole. Like, seriously, like, and uh, I got more to say on the Red Sox in a minute, too, by the way. What a bunch of clowns. I mean, seriously, what a bunch of losers. Um, Xander Bogarts hits this home run to right field. Uh, it makes it one nothing. Uh, Yankees would answer back in the bottom of the second inning. Uh, Brett Gardner would hit a sacrifice fly, makes it 1-1. And then Velasquez comes through again with two outs and an RBI single to make it 2-1. The Bronx kid, baby. How? What more can we say about the Bronx kid? Andrew Velasquez, that kid is kicking ass and taking names with his family in the stands every night. I love it. I love seeing him do well. I love seeing the Yankees do well like this. That made it 2-1. And then Rizzo, nice play by Dahlbeck on this one. Jerk. Uh, a ground ball of first base. Dahlbeck kind of misplays it. They gave him the single. That scored two more runs. Rizzo was back in this game. Uh, 4-1 Yankees at that point. Uh, and then Velasquez, in the bottom of the eighth inning, drove home a crucial insurance run. A crucial insurance run. That made it 5-1 at that point. Uh, Velasquez was pumped up about that as well. Uh, but then the top of the ninth inning, things got a little stressful. Chapman came back off the IL. Uh, this was his first game back. He got the first out, and then he gave him a home run to Hunter Renfro, which, by the way, come on, Red Sox, you're doing your stupid little cart celebration. Dee, 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 you're doing your cart celebration in the dugout with a meaningless home run that makes you down 5-2. If it was a game-tying home run, I'd get it. But you're doing it, like, you're only you're down 5-2. You're pushing Hunter Renfro around in a little cart. Dee, 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 dee. What a bunch of clowns. I'm sorry, the Red Sox are a bunch of losers. Anyway... The ninth inning was very stressful. Xander Bogarts walked after that. Uh, and then Rizzo, uh, he, got, he, got, he got a nice play by Rizzo for the second out. But then J.D. Martinez hit a single to put runners on the corners with two outs. And they actually take Chapman out and go to Lucas Litke in a 5-2 game. So that's, that's probably not very good for Chapman's confidence. His first game off the IL. But they go to Litke. Litke goes, Litke struggles through this that bat with Kevin Pilecki. It was a full count. He gets a ground ball to Velasquez. It goes by the third baseman, Odor. And then um, it goes to Velasquez. Velasquez feels, fires in the dirt. Incredible scoop by Rizzo to end the game. Ball game over. Yankees sweep the punk-ass Red Sox. Win this game 5-2. to two. Great play by Velasquez and Rizzo to end it. Uh, Red Sox challenge, but he was out. He was out. No question about it, he was out. And uh, another stressful win, even if it wasn't decided by two or fewer runs. Uh, no, I'm sweating just talking about this game. This game was insanely stressful. Chapman and the gang did not make it easy on me. But uh, they sweep the Red Sox. This was their sixth straight win at this point, And just awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. I loved watching Jared Carabas cry on Twitter for like six minutes. He just posted like a six-minute video where he like, literally seared... See, feel like you can feel the tears falling out of his face i loved it and like i posted on facebook imagine blowing a nine and a half game lead in less than a month what a shame and ethan was like imagine blowing a three and oh lead in 2004 bro that's ancient history you blew a nine and a half game lead in less than a month you're scrubs what a bunch of losers i'm sorry the red sox blew a nine and a half game lead in less than a month 
their fans can't be feeling very confident right now. And Yankee fans, I, I'm speaking on behalf of Yankee fans, we're very confident right now. We're on fire. Hottest team in baseball. Hottest team in baseball without a doubt. I mean, not to get ahead of myself, but after last night's game against the Twins, they are 24-8 and since July 17th. They've won seven games in a row. They are, un- they are unbelievable right now. Every game is stressful. Every game is nuts. I love it. I absolutely love it. I wouldn't ask for anything more as a fan. I am absolutely loving the stress this Yankee team is putting me through, honestly. I, as long as they win, I don't care. I would love a couple blowouts here and there. But as long as they win, and I'm listening to New York, New York at the end of the day, that is all I care about as a fan. That is all I could ask for. They are getting players back. They are getting, like, it, I mean, but the guys who are out there are doing well too. Like Velasquez. I don't think Labor Torres makes that play to end the game. I think he might get an error on that play, honestly. I don't know if Luke Voigt makes the scoop on that play at first base. I, there's a lot of, lot of what-ifs to that last play against the Red Sox. But yeah, just awesome stuff, guys. Awesome stuff in this, this game against the Red Sox. This series against the Red Sox. Um, just going into the, the box score. Uh, Heaney. We cannot, I cannot go any further without mentioning how good Andrew Heaney was in this game. Seven innings. One run allowed, four strikeouts, his best start as a Yankee without a doubt. Not even close. You thought when he gave up the home run to Xander, like things were going to be really bad and they was going to really struggle from there. But he settled down, pitched seven, and no, gave up no runs from there and seven innings of work. People were questioning whether he should start the seventh inning. He pitched a one, two, three, seventh inning. It was great. Heaney was great. Uh, Britain got the hold in the eighth inning. And then, of course, I mentioned Chapman. He got the first two outs. And they went to Litke for the save. Another different Yankee gets the save. So I know Wandy Peralta got a save. Albert Abreu got a save. Uh, Loisinger got a save. Chad Green got a save. Now Litke gets a save. So, I don't know. It's crazy. It's just uh, nuts. I, I don't know how they're doing it right now. But Yankees are on fire. They're in a playoff spot. They sweep the Red Sox. Red Sox blew a nine and a half game lead in less than a month. It, I love it. I love it. Uh, and that, so enough of the Red Sox series. It was awesome. Just great stuff. Uh, I'm really fired up. Um, let's get into the first game of the Twins series. Now the Yankees absolutely own the Minnesota Twins. If, in case you haven't noticed, the Yankees have absolutely owned the Minnesota Twins. I believe they're 136 against them since 2002. So that is just absolute, utter domination. They've beaten them in the playoffs in 2003. 2004, 2009, 2010, the 2017 wildcard game, and 2019. So the Yankees own the Minnesota Twins. Not to mention this isn't a very good Minnesota Twins team. Yes, they've been playing better baseball lately, but overall, not a very good Minnesota Twins team. Uh, Let's get into the scoring summary. Um, Kyle Higashioka got it started at the bottom of the third. Uh, No scoring the first two innings. Uh, until Kyle Higashioka hit uh, after Velasquez triple. By the way, what more can Velasquez do? I will say though, I don't, I don't really like this idea that he's stealing Glaber's job or that Tyler Wade is stealing Glaber's job. Glaber's still the shortstop, in my opinion. I still think Glaber's the shortstop at the end of the day. But Velasquez is doing a really nice job filling in. Like I really think Velasquez is a big part. Of, like could be a big part of this team. Uh, Higgy drives him in with an RBI double, makes it one nothing Yankees after the Velasquez triple. Uh, Luke Voigt hits an opposite field double and makes it 3 nothing. that scores Higashioka. Or it wasn't an opposite field. It was a line drive down the line double, excuse me, uh, that made it 3 nothing Yankees at that point. Higgy and Wade come around to score on that one. And Anthony Rizzo hit a sacrifice fly to 
drive home Voight. That made it 4 nothing. All of this in the third inning. When Rizzo, uh, when Voight scored, he pointed at um, he pointed at um, Voight, at Rizzo down at first base. So they're getting along, I think. I think they're really getting along. Um, uh, this, this notion that they hate each other, that WFAN created. WFAN's a joke. WFAN's a joke. They had Chris Christie hosting with Craig Carton this week. I mean, come on. What a joke. <laughs> they had um they seem to get along fine. They're hanging out in the dugout. They're first baseman. First baseman like herd together. Um Higgy would make it six nothing in the bottom of the fourth inning with a long home run down the left field line. Uh six nothing, a two run shot. Uh Velasquez scored on that as well. Yankees had a chance to make it eight nothing in the bottom of the uh fifth inning. Um but former Yankee Jake Cave made a really nice play on a line drive, uh hit by Stanton. That uh, would have been eight nothing if it landed. Two runners were on. Um, Cave would follow that up with a home run off Jamison Tyone that made it six one. Tyone started to struggle a little bit then. He gave up a ground rule double to Jorge Polanco that scored two runs for the Twins and made it six three. And then the eighth inning, Britain again gave up a run and made it six four. So another stressful game. But Stanton got a big insurance run in the bottom of the eighth inning with an opposite field line drive home run to right field that hit a kid in the face. I felt so bad for this kid. And by the way, if you go to my Instagram story and check this out. Hits the kid in the face. Like, what? Right in the face. Uh, Stanton's just out here murdering kids. I, I mean, seriously. Uh, that made it 7-4 to four at that point. Chad Green came in. He gave up a home run to Miguel Sano, but he got the last two outs. And the Yankees win the first game of this four-game series against the Minnesota Twins. 7-5. to five, And I fully expect them to win at least three out of four in this series, if not a sweep. They own the Twins. The Twins are not a very good team. Yankees are on fire right now. They've won seven straight games. <coughs> Excuse me. Seven straight. It's causing me to cough. Seven straight wins for the Yankees. I mean, I, I honestly, the way this season started, with all the injuries, the COVID issues, the terrible losses, the losses to the Angels, the Mets, the Astros, all of the Field of Dreams game, all those really bad losses, I honestly feel like this is just like a, I don't even know how to feel right now. I, they're, they are without a doubt the hottest team in baseball. They have been the hottest team in baseball the entire second half. Even with Rizzo missing that time due to the COVID, he has sparked this team. Gallo has sparked this team. Those acquisitions were huge. Andrew Velasquez has sparked this team. Even Tyler Wade with his much better play has sparked this team. And the Yankees are playing some great ball right now, folks. Absolutely, I absolutely love it. Uh, I'm fired up. Uh, I can't wait for the rest of this twin series. I, I'm I'm locked in every night now. Like this is, I am locked in every night to this team. Every night to the Yankees right now. I am. They, I am not missing anything for the Yankees right now. Um, what what a great week! What a great week to win two out of three against the White Sox. Beat the Angels in the makeup game. Win three straight against the punk-ass Red Sox. And then to win the first game of the Minnesota series. Really awesome stuff. Really awesome stuff from the Yankees. Uh, I love it. I love it. All right, let's get into the probables for the rest of the Minnesota series. Uh, tonight, it'll be Nestor Cortez Jr. They were all wearing the Roto-Wear shirt uh, that has Nestor Cortez's um, face on it. Um, during the, All the pitchers were wearing it yesterday. Uh, I love that. Uh, he'll be going up against... Barnes for the Minnesota Twins. Charlie Barnes. 
Uh, Charlie Barnes is 0-2 with a 4.91 earned run average. And Esther Cortez, 1-1 with a 2.55 earned run average. On Saturday, a 1 o'clock first pitch game for at the stadium. It'll be Garrett Cole, Cole Day. Uh, he's 11-6 with a 3.04 earned run average. He's going to be against Kenta Maeda, who's 6-4 with a 4.41 earned run average. This game is nationally televised on Fox Sports 1. Ah, that's lame. That's lame. I want to watch the S Network. Um... And then the last game of the series is Sunday. It's a 105 first pitch. It's Jordan Montgomery. He's four and five with a 3.77 earned run average going up against Jax. Griffin Jax is his name. He's three and one with a 5.11 earned run average. I mean, look, playing some great baseball right now. You, you, I mean, just take care of business. You own the Twins. You absolutely own the Twins. You've owned the Twins for years, decades even. So. Like, just keep just keep it going. Win three out of four. I expect the losing streak to end at some point, but uh, I'm loving this right now. I am absolutely loving this. After the Minnesota series, things get a little tricky. They go to Atlanta for a two-game series, Monday and Tuesday, um, at, at, at Atlanta's uh, new ballpark. I think it's called SunTrust Field or something like that. Um, that's, at, that's in Atlanta. Um, and then they get a day off on Wednesday, and then a huge... Huge, huge series against the Oakland A's. A four-gamer at the Bay. Uh, 9.40 first pitch time for the first two games. 4.07 for the Saturday game. And the Sunday night game is on ESPN, unfortunately, which means we got to listen to A-Rod. After that, they go to Anaheim to play the Angels for a three-game series. So, not an easy road trip coming up for the Yankees. But... Just take, care advantage, just take advantage of Minnesota, and then we'll cross the Oakland Bridge when we get there. Uh, I think this team still has a very good chance to win the AL East. They're playing better baseball than any other team right now. They, if they just keep it going in the second half of the season, the second half of August, September, I think they can win the AL East. At the time of this recording, they are five games behind Tampa Bay for the American League East. I don't think that's totally out of reach. I really don't. I mean, the way this team's playing, they can definitely make it up. The only problem is Tampa Bay keeps winning. They played the Orioles, and the Orioles suck right now. The Orioles have lost 15 straight games. Sorry, Tim. The Orioles have lost 15 straight games, and the Rays just swept them four straight. So Tampa Bay is not really losing. That would have really helped if, if the Orioles could win some of those games, but the Orioles stink. They've lost 15 straight games. Um they're one game, they're full game up on the wild card ahead of Oakland right now. If the season ended today, the Yankees would host the wild card game at Yankee Stadium, which other than 2015 has done well for them. They won in 2017, of course, the great, the DD home run. And then 2018, they won the wild card game as well. So they've done well in the wild card game at Yankee Stadium in the past, but I would love to win the division personally. That would be awesome to avoid the wild card game because the wild card game is really stressful. It's really stressful. I hate it. I really, I've always hated it when the Yankees are in it. But uh, at this point, with the way the season has gone so far, the fact that they are in a playoff spot is just awesome. I love it. I, I, I can't believe it. They've won 70 games. 70 games. They played 69, one or two run games this season. And they are 46 and 23 in those games. I love it. I absolutely, I, oh my God, I'm almost speechless talking about how, how uh, this is insanity. I mean, no wonder I've had trouble sleeping since April, folks. I, this, this team's put me through like an emotional ringer this season. But it's, uh, hopefully it pays off with the playoff spot. Hopefully it plays off with the re- playoff spot. And uh, before I wrap up the Yankees segment, we kind of move into a little general baseball talk. 
I just want to say the Red Sox blew a nine and a half game lead and are a bunch of clowns. Let's get into the general baseball segment. Guys, I have been following a little bit of the rest of baseball this, this past couple of weeks, honestly, because, you know, there just really hasn't been a whole lot going on in the sports world. Like, the Olympics, I've said many times on this podcast, did not do anything for me. Like, really nothing at all. So, I've been, basically, to make up for it, I've been watching <laughs> more baseball than I should. Um, no, I mean, look, any baseball is a good thing. So, uh, I'm going to go through a, a very quick, like, standings update for the rest of Major League Baseball and talk about how I think um, it's going to play out from here. Uh, I'll start in the National League, actually. I will start in the National League East, where, I mean, things were looking pretty crazy in the NL East for a while there. It looked like the Phillies were going to um, take first place for a while, but they've really struggled lately. They've actually lost four games in a row. And meanwhile, the Atlanta Braves are on fire right now, who the Yankees play next week. The Atlanta Braves are playing some great baseball right now. The Braves... I think did the opposite of what the Mets did at the trade deadline. And they went out and they made their team better. They went out there and they got an Adam Duvall and Jorge Soler and players like that to improve their team. And now it's showing off they've won six games in a row uh, in the NL East. And they have a four-game lead at the time of this recording. Um, and they're nine games over five they They're nine and one in their last ten games. Incre- great stuff in the Braves. They're doing this without Ronald Acuna who is one of the best players in baseball. I mean, that's just crazy that they're doing this. I mean, they were talking about Bryce Harper being an MVP candidate and everything, but the Braves are all of a sudden played some great baseball, showing why they got to within one game of the World Series last year. So we'll see how that goes. The Mets are now five games back of um, the Braves. They have gone through a bit of a rough patch, uh, the New York Mets. Uh, they got swept. In Philadelphia the weekend before that, uh, not hang on, let me pull up the Mets schedule for a minute. Uh, I'm sure Pat's going to love that I'm talking about how much the Mets have struggled. But um, yeah, so the Mets, they got swept in Philadelphia, and then they had a series with the Nationals, which but playing the Nationals barely even counts anymore. The Nationals suck. The Nationals are so bad now. And then they got swept by the Dodgers again in three games that really were just disappointing for them. They go to San Francisco, then they just have a brutal road trip. I actually agree with Noah Syndergaard on this one. Noah Syndergaard posted on Instagram saying like it's bullshit that um, that uh, the Mets have to play a Sunday night game against the Dodgers and then fly all the way to the West Coast to play the San Francisco Giants the next day. I kind of agree with uh, with uh, Thor there. That, that's that's kind of bullshit for the Mets. And, of course, the Mets lost two out of three to the best team in baseball, the San Francisco Giants. Um, they won the last game. Pat, Pat Stein had a funny tweet about that. Uh, he said that he was going to use Becca's dogs as therapy dogs if the Mets lost another game. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> uh, but the Mets did win that game. Uh, unfortunately, they lost. Uh, well, I'm not, not, I'm not really a Mets fan, but they did lose last night to the Dodgers. Uh, four to one, and they have another four-game series with the Dodgers this weekend, which could be rough. Could be what really buries them. And then they play the Giants again after that at City Field. So a rough stretch for the Mets. Not what you want if you're a Mets fan. I'm sorry, Pat, and to all my listeners who are Mets fans, but this stretch against NL NL West teams is just absolutely going to kill you. I'm sorry. It's just it, it sucks to have to play all those teams in a row. Um. As far as the bottom of the NL East, the, the Nationals, I mean, look, 
I will say I've watched a little bit of the Nationals since they've they traded everybody, uh, Scherzer and Trey Turner and all those guys. Um, it's kind of sad, honestly, to because the 2019 Nationals were so awesome. Like that's the only non-Yankee, non-New York victory parade I've ever been to. That team was really special in DC, and to see them all gone now, literally less than two years after winning the World Series, is kind of sad, honestly. I know I kind of I make fun of Robbie for being down on baseball all the time, but um, I kind of get it honestly. If I were if I were a, a, a DC area baseball fan and, I, and my options were the Nationals, who just traded everybody, and the Orioles, who have lost 15 straight games, I would not. I probably wouldn't be into baseball. I'd probably be asking when does cap season start too. But um, um, that's and the Marlins are in last place uh, in the NL Central. The Brewers. Are running away with it. They have an eight and a half game lead. They're eight and two in their last ten games. Could be another another great team in Milwaukee, man. They have the Bucks. Packers are looking good. Milwaukee, Wisconsin sports are looking real good right now. Uh, ever since they got Willie Adamas, he's really turned it around. I'm, first off, I'm really glad that Willie Adamas no longer plays for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, but he's been a really good addition for that Milwaukee Brewers team. And uh, he's just ever since they got him, they've been damn near unbeatable. I mean, they are. 26 games above 500. I mean, holy smokes. Brewers are for real. Uh, the Reds are in second place. They're fighting for a wild card spot right now. Um, they're only a game behind the Padres for the second wild card spot. The Padres will get to the NL West in a second. Dirty little secret. Padres have played like shit in the second half. I mean, all that hype around Tatis and all the, you know, what if they, I crazy, crazy. They've really struggled in the second half. Um, so the Reds are right in it. Joey Votto is making an MVP case. He's going for a second MVP. Um, that would be crazy. The Cardinals are not even out of it in the wild card spot either. They're 11 games behind the Brewers, but they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're also playing some good baseball right now. And the NL West is just nuts. I mean, the NL West has the Giants, which have, which have 78 wins. The Giants came out of nowhere this season. And now that they've got Chris Bryant, they just look really good. I mean, Chris Bryant is... Um, you know what? What a great addition. He's everything. He's been everything that the Mets thought Javi Baez would be for them, but hasn't turned out that way. Um, the Giants have 78 wins at the time of this recording. They're eight and two in their last 10 games. The Dodgers are nine and one in their last 10 games and have won seven straight games. So they are on fire. The defending World Series champions, asterisk, have won seven straight. 9-1 in their last 10, looking good ever since they got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. They've, that's really turned the Dodgers around. And the Padres, like I said, dirty little secret, not playing great in the second half, are actually 12 games behind the San Francisco Giants. Can you believe that? They're actually 12 games out of first place, but they're clinging on to that last wild card spot. They're clinging on to the second wild card right now. The Dodgers have a 9.5 game lead for the first wild card. The Padres are one only one game up on the Cincinnati Reds for the last NL wildcard spot. It's going to be really interesting, I think, to see who comes away with this. I don't think I, – I would love to see – I look, I love Tatis. Tatis is one of my favorite non-Yankees, and it's really exciting that they put him in the outfield. But the Padres are not doing well. I mean, imagine if they did get Scherzer. I mean, that was the rumor for a while that they were going to get Max Scherzer, but it didn't quite materialize that way. So imagine if they did get Scherzer. I think things would be a lot different now than they were. They got no hit by Tyler Gilbert last Saturday, making his first major league start. He got no hit by a guy making his first big league start. 
I mean, seriously, what is going on with the Padres? I, I would love to see Joey Votto and the Reds honestly take this thing. Um, as much as I, I love Tatis, I also love Joey Votto. I think Joey Votto is a great player. And I, I love uh, Nick Castellanos. By the way, one-year anniversary uh, was yesterday of uh, Tom Brenneman uh, saying a homophobic slur on the air and apologizing and Nick Castellanos hitting a home run, <laughs> hitting a drive to left field in the middle of his apology. One-year anniversary of that moment. Uh, if you if you have a depressing moment, you need to say on the air. Uh, Nick Castellanos is probably going to ruin it for you. Um, that is one of my favorite moments, without a doubt, in baseball history. I love that. It just brings a lot of like joy to what could have been a really sad moment for sure. Uh, in the AL, uh, I mentioned I already did the AL East. The Rays have a five game lead uh, over the Yankees right now. I don't think the Yankees are done yet. I really think the Yankees can make moves in the AL East. I, I think they can definitely. Uh, as long as the Rays stop playing the Orioles, I mean, geez, I'm tired of like the stop. I wish the Yankees could play the Orioles a little bit. They do in a couple of weeks, but still, um, that I, I still think the AL East is within reach for the Yankees. Uh, the way they're playing in the second half, uh, in the AL Central, it's over. The White Sox have an 11 and a half game lead. They're 20 games over 500. They're a damn good team. If there's one thing I learned from that series last weekend at, at the Field of Dreams game and uh, at, uh, on the south side, uh, it's that the White Sox are for real. They're a very good team. Uh, they deserve to be in the playoffs for sure. Um, the AL West is kind of interesting, though. Um, the Astros, the Astros only have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Oakland A's right now. The A's have 69 wins. The a- uh, Astros have 71 wins. So... There's a chance that Oakland could potentially catch Houston in the AL West race, and that could relegate Houston to the wild card. Could you imagine a Yankees Astros wild card game? I mean, that would be wow. That would be something else. Uh, I mean, we saw it in 2015. That was before we knew the Astros were cheaters and a bunch of scumbags. So that would make I think that added element would make things very interesting for sure. So uh, that would be cool. That would be cool. But right now, as a Yankee fan, I'm focused on uh, getting to the wild card, just getting any playoff spot possible. The, you know, the Yankees are the hottest team in baseball. So uh, just just keep doing what you do and uh, take it from there. The Mariners are not far out of it either. They're only three games out of the wild card spot. Uh, Toronto has kind of fallen off a little bit. They're four and a half games out of the wild card spot. Uh, right now, which has been good. They were breathing right down the Yankees' necks, but uh, a little bit of breathing room definitely helps. Definitely, uh, I approve of for sure. Um, so, yeah, um, that's how the standings are looking in the American League. Uh, as far as award winners go, uh, gotta say, uh, now, uh, some other Mets news. I, I forgot to mention this is the Mets news. Jacob DeGrom, it looks like 99% chance he's done for the season. That sucks. You love to see Jacob DeGrom out there, but he's just been unfortunately plagued by injuries this season. And if he's gone, the Mets have absolutely no chance to make the playoffs, and he has no chance of winning the NL Cy Young. Who I do think is going to win the NL Cy Young Award, though, is Corbin Burns, who's been great for the Milwaukee Brewers all season. Um, and as far as the NL MVP goes, uh, I, I, it's tough. Tatis has been really good all season. Um, Joey Votto is making a surge now. Bryce Harper made a surge. For a while, Freddie Freeman's having a good season. There's a lot of good candidates for NL MVP right now. So I, I don't think there's one clear-cut winner yet. Um, in the AL, 
uh, I think there is a clear-cut winner for AL MVP, and that would be Shohei Otani. Even with the Angels being as far out of it as they are, um, Otani, the way he's... He's got 40 home runs. I mean, geez, the other night, Otani hit a moonshot home run and pitched eight innings. Are you kidding me? This guy is a freak. I, I'm sorry. I, I can't believe I was so disrespectful when he when Andujar didn't win Rookie of the Year. Shohei Otani is an absolute beast. He's changing baseball. He deserves AL MVP, without a doubt. And I think Lance Lynn is probably going to win the AL Cy Young Award, even though he got ejected uh, in his, his last start the other day. Uh, he kind of there's a good John Boy breakdown of this. He gingerly tossed his belt to uh, the umpire and the ump during one of those the stupid uh, foreign substances checks, and um, the umpire ejected him. I'm like, what? You ejected him for that? Like, are you kidding me? But Lance Lynn, the former Yankee, who's only on the Yankees for half a season in 2018, um, he's doing a great job. I, I, I like seeing him do well, and uh, I expect him to win. I think he's going to win the AL Cy Young Award this season for the White Sox. He's been really good for them. He's turned into their ace over Lucas Giolito. So, um, yeah, that's who I think is going to win the uh, the AL. And it's funny to look back on, you know, when Ethan and I did the season preview, you know, we said for sure, like he said for sure DeGrom was going to win the Cy Young. I thought Max Scherzer was going to win the Cy Young. Uh, it's just not turned out that way. Corbin Burns has been phenomenal for the Brewers this season. He's been, without a doubt, one of the best pitchers in baseball all season. So he deserves the NL Cy Young Award, in my opinion. And uh, Lance Lynn's been really great for the White Sox. So I, as much as I love Cole, Cole missed some time due to the COVID. And um, I don't know. I, I, think, um, I, I, think, uh, I think Lance Lynn's probably going to win the AL Cy Young Award. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else I need to talk about in baseball right now? Um, I don't. I don't really think there's there's too much much going on. Um, I'm hyped, like I said, about the Yankees and how they've been playing. Uh, just gotta keep it up. Just gotta keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Um, all right, folks. Let's get into today's outro. All right, guys. Kind of some sad news to start today's outro. Unfortunately, um, it's hockey news. Um, Henrik Lundqvist has announced his retirement. This news just broke as I was recording the podcast this morning. Um, he just posted an Instagram statement, which I will read to you. But uh, I'd be remiss. You guys know I've been down on hockey lately, but Henrik Lundqvist is without a doubt one of my favorite hockey players of all time, if not my favorite hockey player of all time. Uh, he was great for the Rangers for so many years. I just only wish he could have gotten the Stanley Cup at least once in his career. Uh, I'm really, personally, also very happy he doesn't have to wear those ugly-ass Caps jerseys. He never played for the Caps. He gets to play his entire career with the New York Rangers. Um, I'm just disappointed that this is how it has to end due to the heart problems as well. I mean, that just sucks. You, you know, your heart, your heart just goes out to this guy, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, a legend. He deserved better, honestly. He deserved to go out better than this. Um, so here is Henrik Lundqvist's statement that he posted to Instagram um, just a few minutes ago. Actually, he posted it an hour ago. It's time. For the last 30 years, I have devoted my life to the game of hockey, and now it is time to walk away from the game I love and begin a new chapter. The future excites me. I've met so many amazing people over the years that will help to guide me and inspire me in my new journey. There are many things about I love about this game, from the excitement I felt as an 8-year-old in my first practice to the 15 years of butterflies I had every time I took the ice in the greatest city in the world. He's not talking about 
DC. I'm extremely grateful for what hockey has brought me and taught me in life. These lessons will never leave me. Thank you to all the coaches and players that have helped me throughout my career. Thank you to the Swedish hockey. From growing up and playing in Sweden to ultimately representing my country on the world stage, these are some of my proudest moments. Thank you to the New York Rangers and New York City. I'm born Swede, but I always feel like a New Yorker thanks to you. Thank you, NHL. This league was everything I dreamed of and more. Lastly, thank you to the game of hockey and its fans. You gave my life purpose, and I've loved every single minute of it. Thank you all. I mean, that's it's hard not to get choked up reading that, honestly. Um, Henrik Lundqvist gave his heart and his soul to the Rangers. Year after year after year, he deserved to win a cup. In my book, he is without is a top three Ranger of all time. I know people say Brian Leach and Mark Messier. He's definitely the best Rangers goalie of all time. I'm sorry, Mike Richter. He is. He's without a doubt the best Rangers goalie of all time. And, um, I mean, he just was beautiful. He, he's going into the Hockey Hall of Fame. He got a gold medal with Sweden in his career. Henrik Lundqvist is a legend. He absolutely deserves uh, all respect around the league. Um, I, 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 I love, I'm sad that his career has to end this way. It's definitely premature, honestly. Um, but still, um, I, I just, uh, I, I, your heart goes out to Henrik and I wish him nothing but the best in retirement. I hope he has a great rest of his life. I hope he enjoys, you know, his well-deserved retirement. Absolutely well-deserved. I'm sure he's bummed he never won the Stanley Cup, but you know what? He's got a gold medal at home. I'm sure he's happy. So one last time, Henrik, Henrik, Henrik. For the man, the legend, number 30 will be hanging in the rafters at Madison Square Garden for sure one day. Congratulations, Henrik Lundqvist, on an outstanding future Hall of Fame career that absolutely deserved. All right, more depressing news now. Uh, This Trevor Bauer situation just gets uglier and uglier. Um, A temporary, this is an article from ESPN, a temporary restraining order against Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer has been dissolved after Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Diana Gold-Saltman ruled against a woman's request for a permanent restraining order Thursday. Gold-Saltman determined that Bauer did not pose a threat, wow, to a 27-year-old woman who accused him of sexual assault over the course of two sexual encounters, and that her injuries were not the result of anything she verbally objected to before or during the encounter. The judge said the, quote, injuries as shown in the photographs are terrible, but added, quote, if she limits and he exceeds them, the case would have been clear. But she set limits without considering all the consequences and respondent did not exceed limits that the petitioner set. We are grateful for the Los Angeles Superior Court for denying the request for a permanent restraining order and dissolving the temporary restraining order against Mr. Bauer today. Sean Holly, one of Bauer's attorneys, said in a statement outside the courthouse while standing with Bauer and attorney John Federoff. We have, ex- we have expected this outcome since the petition was filed in June. But we approached the court reviewing all the relevant information and testimony to make this decision. Enough. Trevor Bauer needs to go. I've had, I hate Trevor Bauer. I hate this guy. This guy is a jerk. I can't believe they denied... The, the, how do you not believe victims? I'm sorry. How do you not believe victims and deny a restraining order like this? This is a joke, honestly. This is a joke. Trevor Bauer needs to go away. His creepy-ass agent, Rachel Luba, or whatever her name is, needs to go away as well. They're terrible people. They need to go away forever. I hate them. If Tre- I would be shocked if Trevor Bauer pitches another day in Major League Baseball. He should never pitch again in Major League Baseball. The pictures, the athletic article, 
All the evidence that came out after this was disgusting. It was really wrong. Uh, I'm just like, I just, uh. <coughs> excuse me. I, I, I'm so, I'm so mad at Trevor Bauer. I, I start coughing. Um, I just like, I believe victims. I, I, I always believe victims. And the photos and everything suggested in that athletic article was damning to me, to Trevor Bauer. And to act like this is a victory. Like, I saw some... Do- I don't know why this was suggested for me on Instagram. But I saw Dodgers fans posting, like, Bauer's innocent! Bring him back to the team! Bauer's coming back! You think the Dodgers are going to welcome Trevor Bauer back into the clubhouse? Really? I don't think so at all. I don't think they'd ever welcome Trevor Bauer back into that clubhouse. If they do, shame on them, honestly. You should never welcome somebody like that back into your clubhouse like that. Disgusting, honestly. I mean, I'm just looking at the headline. This woman felt like a rag doll when she was with Trevor Bauer. Like, Trevor Bauer was tossing her around. And he pleaded the fifth. He didn't testify. Is that not damning enough for you guys? I mean, seriously. Seriously, guys. Trevor Bauer's got to go. Trevor Bauer's got to go. All right. Um, The English Premier League, I I hate to transition from something as negative as that to something, you know, a little more uplifting. But the English Premier League is back. Um, last weekend, Arsenal lost their first game 2-0 to Brentford, uh, which honestly just, ugh, I'm tired of Arsenal losing games they should win. And now they have a game this week against Chelsea, and Christian Pulisic is going to be out for Chelsea. Of course, my, one of my favorite players in the Premier League because he tested positive for COVID. So, um, hopefully Christian Pulisic gets well soon. Um, either way, I totally expect Chelsea to absolutely destroy Arsenal this weekend. I don't expect it to be even close. Um, I mean, Chelsea are one of the best teams in the Premier League. I'll give you the Premier League schedule as soon as I can find it. But Chelsea are the Champions League winners. They won the European Super Cup just last week. Um, I expect Chelsea to pretty much dominate. Uh, Here's the schedule for um, the weekend for the Premier League. Liverpool versus Burnley is at 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Saturday. Aston Villa versus Newcastle is at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Crystal Palace, Brentford. Brentford coming off their incredible win. I love the scenes, by the way. I, I, as much as I, I hate Arsenal losing to Brentford, I mean, that's a club that just got promoted. Um, their fans, they were, they were celebrating with that kid who has the disease. I thought that was really the really nice scenes with Brentford. They were singing, hey, Jude. I really love that a lot. Um, that's what sports are all about right there. This is a club that has not had a ton of great moments. Obviously, they've been in the... The championship in League One for a really long time to get promoted to the Premier League is is awesome and really good for them. Uh, we got Leeds versus Everton. That's at ten o'clock. Man City versus Norwich at ten o'clock. Josh Sargent, my boy, uh, another American on Norwich. I'm rooting for him and Zach Steffen, of course, for Manchester City. Um, Brighton versus Watford. It's at twelve thirty, and that does it for the Saturday games. On Sunday, we've got a few. We've got Southampton versus Man United at nine o'clock. Wolves versus Spurs. Spurs just beat Man City and lost in the, uh, what is that, the Nations League? Or not the Nations League, what is that? It's not the Champions League, it's not the Europa League, it's the third one. And the, it's the Conference League or something like that. Spurs beat Man City last week in the Premier League and yet went out there and lost in the, nation, in the Champions League, or not the Champions League, whatever it's called. To a team that's got a budget of 25 million dollars, 25 million euros. Uh, Arsenal play Chelsea. That's the last game on Sunday. I'll be watching that. It's at 11:30 on Sunday. I'm looking forward to that game 
Very much so, even though I think Chelsea are probably going to smash the hell out of Arsenal. Um, Leo Messi, he's not going to make his debut for PSG this weekend. Um, he, it's long, we're still waiting for it, but I think it's going to happen next weekend. Um, when he does, get, watch out, world. That team's going to be absolutely dominant. I'm really excited to watch some PSG this year. Um, I think they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, um, yeah, I, I bring up soccer basically to segue into uh, something that I wanted to talk about, I've been meaning to talk about for a while here, and that's Ted Lasso, uh, Season 2. Um, now, a lot of people said Season 2, is, there's, by the way, spoilers, 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 spoilers. If you haven't watched any of Ted Lasso Season 2, do not listen to the next couple of minutes. Um, Ted Lasso Season 2, a lot of people said started off slow, it started off with the episode with Danny Rojas killing the dog. Uh, I like that episode personally, but uh, I like every episode Ted Lasso does, so I'm a little biased. Um, that was goodbye, Earl. He kills a greyhound in a free kick. I thought that was obviously a dog dying is not particularly funny, but um, I thought Danny going through uh, the mental thing I thought was funny, and just Roy Kent is just amazing. I love Roy Kent. Um, and then um, they bring back Jamie Tart. Um, Jamie Tart, of course, you know he's controversial player. They bring him back in episode two. He gets kicked off the reality show, and uh, he instantly comes back into the Richmond side. Uh, that's the episode where uh, Roy Kent uh, also does the appearance on Sky Sports, where he's dropping f bombs left and right. I I loved it. I loved that episode too. Um, and then. Um, I don't know, and then I I I I felt bad for Sam Sam Obasanya, who's a great character, and Ted Lasso totally betrayed his trust by bringing Jamie Tart back into the team, uh, but Jamie Tart makes up for it in a big way in episode three. Sam he uh, he does the protest for Dubai Air. He blacks out the um, the the sponsorship on his shirt, and Jamie Tart and the rest of the team does it. That moment. Almost brought tears to my eyes, honestly. Not almost. It damn near did bring tears to my eyes when Jamie Tart's like, we're a team. We've got to... We, we all black out to... If you're doing this, we all do this. It just goes to show you Jamie's evolution and the impact that Ted Lasso is having. One of the things I love the most about this season is the impact that Ted Lasso is having on not just Richmond players. They're, they're clearly having a lot more fun they clearly want to be there. I mean, they even said in an episode that they brought back every single player from last season, which, I mean, I know it's a TV show, but you don't normally bring back all your players when you get relegated at the end of season one. But they brought back everyone. And that goes to show you what a great coach and what a great guy Ted Lasso is. Um, I, I mean, it's just such a heartfelt show. And then the last episode, the Christmas episode, um... I love the Christmas episode. People were like, why are they doing a Christmas episode in August? How dare they? I'm like, are you kidding? I thought it brought a little bit of Christmas to a time when it's freaking 90 degrees outside every day. It's hot as hell. Like, come on, a little Christmas every now and then is good. And I just loved the storyline of, of um, Higgins. Higgins is the best. I love Higgins. Higgins is the best character. I, I love the Diamond Dog, which of uh, Nate... Ted Lasso, Coach Beard, and Higgins, the Diamond Dogs. Those are my guys. I love those guys. Um, and Higgins takes a backseat to no one. He's such a good guy. He invites all the players into their house. I mean, that's just such a wholesome moment. 
And um, I, I loved the Christmas episode. I, I thought it was a nice break from, you know, the usual you know, soccer-heavy themes of the episode. I, I thought it was there was no soccer at all, really. I, I love the uh, the Roy Kent and Keeley story where they're they're taking Roy Kent's uh, niece all around London looking for a dentist. I love that stuff, guys. I really do. Uh, I haven't watched episode five yet. It dropped at midnight tonight, but I'm going to watch it as soon as I finish recording this episode. Um, and I'll have a review for you guys next week. I just wanted to say I love Ted Lasso season two. I think it's the best show on TV right now. Uh, it's just got a lot of soul, man. This show just has a lot of heart, a lot of soul. Um, I really enjoy it. Like, I really cannot. Like, if you need an Apple TV login, hit me up. I will. I'm very liberal when it comes to sharing logins, uh, which is not good for hackers and stuff. But still, I, I would be more than willing to share for somebody to watch Ted Lasso. It's worth it to give my Apple TV login away. So, um, yeah, I love Ted Lasso. I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, episode five tonight, or not tonight, as soon as I finish recording this episode, um, it should be awesome, um, I mean, what a great show, what a great show, could you have imagined that when they did those ads back in like 2013, 2014 for NBC Sports with Jason Sudeikis playing Ted Lasso, that this would have been a huge hit of a TV show less than a decade later, I wouldn't have believed it in a million years, I, I, when I heard this was a TV show, I was like, oh, that's cute, but it's actually one of the best shows ever. It's such a good show. Ted Lasso's amazing, guys. I, I, I cannot recommend it enough. And the Christmas episode was awesome. I'm sorry. Anybody who disagrees, I'm sorry. The Christmas episode was really enjoyable to me. I really enjoyed the Christmas episode. Um, check it out when you get a chance. Check it out when you get a chance. Um, and I also, one other quick review of a thing I saw this weekend... Uh, or last weekend, was uh, Free Guy. Uh, I went to the movies with Michael Edgley last Friday, and I saw uh, Free Guy uh, with Ryan Reynolds, and a great movie. I thought it was really awesome. Um, for those of you, the guy is, uh, he's a character, he's in a video game, but he doesn't know he's in a video game, and he starts fighting back in the video game. He starts going, like, kind of rogue in the video game, and it's just really good. I, I, I thought Free Guy was excellent. It's not available in streaming right now, so you got to go see it in theaters. But um, I loved Free Guy. I thought Free Guy was a great movie. Um, I've seen a couple good movies this summer in a row now. Uh, between that and the Suicide Squad, the second Suicide Squad movie. Um, so yeah, uh, check it out. Uh, check out Free Guy if you get a chance. I'm trying to think if there's any uh, other, excuse me, other stories that I need to talk about in the world of sports these days. Still not really into preseason football. Uh, I know Carl Lawson suffered a season-ending injury for the Jets yesterday. That sucks. Um, at joint practice with the Packers in Green Bay. That sucks for the Jets, but the Jets weren't going to be good anyway, guys. I'm, I'm not like Charlie Ferrillo who like, thinks they're going to go 17-0 and every year. But the Jets weren't going to be good anyway. And just sucks for uh, Carl Lawson. Apparently he really wanted to be a Jet. So um, that sucks that he... Um, he, he, you know, he's somebody who actually wanted to be here, but uh, still, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it sucks for the injury, for sure. Um, and yeah, that pretty much does it, folks. I, that pretty much does it for today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. Still pretty fired up about the Yankees. Um, I'm in a good mood. Uh, there's a lot of great baseball left to be played. Baseball is what's hot in the streets right now, not hockey. Hockey's lame. Baseball is awesome, Robbie. 
Baseball is awesome. Um, so anyway, um, that just about does it for today's episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan. I encourage you to subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at UFRWBB. Follow me personally on Twitter at bbry1991. Uh, follow me on Instagram at bbry1991. Um, I, that's pretty much everywhere you can find me. Uh, we're going to do a roundtable episode sometime in the next couple of weeks with Tim, Mike, and Arun. Uh, I am looking forward to that to help preview the football season. You never know who's going to pop up on a pond for the review with Brian Brennan. Like I said, all you got to do is ask politely, and I will let you on the show. So with that being said, thank you for listening to today's episode of a pond for the review with Brian Brennan, folks. And I'll talk to you next time.